seven hundred dollars today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a sure what it is. Y'all gonna be talking shit, but y'all gonna sound good doing it. Hey, that's as good as you could, you know, possibly sound. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of like, uh, how's the recording, by the way? In terms of like, when you have artists in the studio. Do you feel like when they bring something that isn't like thematically as solid as it could be, do you provide input in that regard? Uh, I try to find the balance between giving too much slash giving what an artist might be capable of at a given time and also trying to make the song better because mm-hmm. you want to make the song better. Right. But sometimes the way to make it better requires the artist to be a couple of steps further than where they are right now. So right. you got to, at least my job is often just being aware of, okay, where's this this person in their skill set, like in their life? Mm-hmm. And while I might have input, is this input going to be helpful right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if, if it's to give input for betterment to come, making sure we deliver, like I communicate that in a way that seems constructive. Mm-hmm. Because... As funny as sometimes niggas songs could be. <laughs> you gotta uh, hold it, keep straight face. You, you gotta you gotta remember that be dealing with people's feelings and sometimes you wanna you wanna encourage people, even yeah. even though it might be funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it could be funny in the moment. It but could that's be, a short term thing. It often be very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't wanna hurt people's feelings. Yeah. At least I don't wanna hurt people's feelings. I I find like personally when it, i when I'm in a situation where I have to give some level of criticism about something, I try to err on the side to where the person still has an alleyway in their head where, okay, it's not about I'm doing it wrong, but it's just I'm keeping the alleyway open where they could still see some way forward with whatever they're doing. Right. Like, and then sure for you, that's music, of course. Yeah. Um, so, like, personally... What's the harshest criticism you think you ever had, you felt like you needed to say? Um, I feel like the harshest thing that I had to say maybe this year, which I don't think I say it too harsh, but it's, it's usually when I get to a point of annoyance, mm-hmm. right? I don't like people, no one probably likes people to make them feel like, you're the problem with the project that's going on. Right, right, right. Like, right. everybody have a role to play. And if you, the artist, give a particular thing, then it's my job to say what I could do with that. Yeah. Um, How do I improve on that? Right. And they say garbage in, garbage out. And, you know, whatever you put in, you could expect to get the best version of that out. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the harshest thing that I had to say uh, this year might have been on the side of, like, just letting the nigga know that he was he was crooning and uh. and, and he wanted it to sound like like in the foreground. Yeah. Whereas like, but I let you know mm-hmm. uh, that stuff should probably be tucked a little bit more yeah. neatly. Yeah. Quite and this is what you shine. Um, and I was annoyed because he was like, "What happened to this? And what happened to that? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like." But that ain't solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just trying to make it, make it better. That's just my style. It's how I do it. Yeah, and and honestly, that's something you gotta also be like, okay, mm-hmm. if you like that most, yeah, I let you know I don't agree with it. But this is your vision. Do you think like, of course, this is the case, but I want to hear like a personal experience or whatever. Like, artists put themselves too much into what they produce in instead of working towards taking their ego out of it and seeing how it's not about their personality or whatever. It's just that you're not, you're not dancing to the motion in the correct way. It's not like, well, it's because you too introverted or you too extroverted. Like, so when they hear the criticism you, that you have to give, mm-hmm. they like, well, this is, this is Sherwood just don't like me. <laughs> no, it's, it's never a personal thing, but then, eh. It's like music is personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so people might definitely, you, you're going to take a shot at your, like a shot taken at your art is a shot taken at you. Usually right. because you feel very attached to it. Right. Um, 
many people have a problem with separating themselves from a lot of the things that they do. So, uh, yeah, niggas might take it that way. Um, and sometimes niggas be annoying too. So sometimes yeah, 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 yeah. It, it may be a little personal, like, yeah. hey, right now, all this, mm-hmm. you, the way this is happening might not be ideal. Yeah. Um, but it isn't, like I say, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings at the end of the day. And no matter how macho or confident you could be, like, like you say, it's your art. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that you believe is like a good point of reference and a good opinion to to get from, you're gonna probably consider that opinion a little bit more than others. And as an engineer and producer, people kind of listen to what I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you ain't want hurt niggas' feelings for sure. Yeah. So you've been doing this for like five, six years, right? Yeah, a little more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, are you still? Do you have you like acquired that rhino skin when you hear criticism? It's like it's about it's solely about the work, or there's still a part of you that's like that's kind of mean, guys. Uh, I don't get a a lot of bad uh, feedback that comes to me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just this year, actually, when I going to put out those two songs, just planting and um. The way, mm-hmm. like I did send it to a couple of people, just to to get feedback from, or some yeah. people that I I thought might be influential in making it move. Mm-hmm. So like people locally, people internationally, or whatever, mm-hmm. like DJs and stuff, and like as many people that was like, yeah, but it's solid, it's solid, it's solid. Like two people say, no way, <laughs> they're seeing it, and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh my god, my chest. <laughs> And it's weird because way more people saying that it's solid. Yeah. But it's still the two people that was like, yeah, I don't like this. Yeah. That that had me thinking, is this really good? Bang. I don't even care if it's like out of a hundred thousand people. <laughs> it still blows my mind that because it's such the the two of those are fantastic songs. I think I think like production wise, they I enjoy those to an extreme degree. And you know me, I, I love all your music from Sherry, which I know I listen to like on repeat. <laughs> um, but it's still amazing to me that it's a fan, it's two fantastic songs, Displanting, which I heard from you before you said that you got that from reframing the My Milkshake song. Yeah. So are there any songs you like or popular songs you aspire to like shift into a Sherwood perspective. At the moment, I can't think of any. I'm sure if it, like, if I hear it, or mm-hmm. if I might just be sitting on thinking or whatever, it might come to me and it might be a thing. It could happen. I, I like mm-hmm. to re rework things. I try to reframe ideas generally, so mm-hmm. it could happen. But specifically, I I can't tell you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, generally speaking, you just see how you're <laughs> able to see like multiple perspectives about yeah, a yeah, certain yeah. content idea or whatever. Yeah. Also, I mean, I heard before, like, because I listen to music a lot, and I like your artistic career at a point to where it's you. When you hear a song, you know, I know for sure that's a Sherwood song because of what it is. But I wasn't able to say like what genre it is because it is a Sherwood song. It's not necessarily like a this or a that. But when you said it was like sexy rake and scrape, mm-hmm. I was like. This is sexy rake and scrape. Sherwood <laughs> makes sexy rake and scrape. And I thought that was really cool. So do you think like our old school rake and scrape scene that's more like campy in a sense is able to adopt this more serious, slow, groovy type of rake and scrape genre? Um, if you put it in the hands of people that are more uh, current in terms of listening to what's popular, Sure, like if if we slash them take it on ourselves to say, yeah, we want to do this and also like get this vibe too. Mm-hmm. Sure, but you know, old niggas be on old shit. Yeah, so certainly ways. It's it's more than likely that old niggas ain't gonna be like, yeah, let me go. go yeah, let's try something new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or what they might think is new might just be like also. Far off Same from, old from shit. relevant. <laughs> and it's sad because that could be the case. I don't know if it's just like an inevitability when you get to a certain age, you just, you can't see anything. I would hope not. 
because that's what I'd be I looking at. And yeah, saying, yeah. If, I, if I get like that, just take me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever like catch yourself thinking like, oh, Lord, I get old. When you, when you have a thought that's like uh, a regressive sort of thought or like an old school, no, 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 it can't go like this. It'd have to be like... I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, musically, not so much. Mm-hmm. But sometimes just... In life, life in, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're around churn sometimes, and churn doing something, yeah, yeah. and it's like, why are you what doing that? And then, you, <laughs> and you realize, like, I would have yeah. been doing that, yeah, if I was there, yeah, because they see things, it's it's like scary because I just started not being as young as I've been, so like, I get older, so to say. Yeah. So now, when I listen to my little cousins talk, it's like. Some, some, some dog water. Uh, <laughs> dog water? What the hell is dog water? But that's just, it's just how it is because you ain't necessarily connected to their yeah, yeah, yeah. generation. Yeah, it's part of life. Unfortunately. So, like, as the founder of Sexy Rake and Scrape, do you have, <laughs> I could keep saying it <laughs> as long as it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, do you, What's, do you have any plans to like expand or market that concept to like the general Bahamian public? I know like through your music, but yeah, I mean, so I think it's important for us to, I guess, find a sense of individuality musically for mm. for us like Bahamians or whatever, because identity is something that we generally struggle with. Yeah. You know, we right next to the U.S., which is super influential. But then we have Caribbean uh, connection and, and lineage and, you know, slavery and all that good right. stuff. So we we struggle trying to figure out, well, what could we do that ain't copying niggas? Yeah. Uh, so I would like for as many different people locally to say, yeah, we... I see what you're doing with that, but what if what if we did that slash this mm-hmm. and like mix and match it because it's music like you know right and you know wrong like you could do whatever you want and that's all niggas is doing niggas literally listen to something um, and then change the the pattern of the hi hat and it's a whole different genre after that yeah so yeah do as many mix and matches as as you want that's what I'd, I'd like people to do and I think I don't think I'm doing anything super special by saying. Mm. Yeah, that got cool elements. Some of it mm. corny, but let how will we do this? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, that's I'd want anybody to do that. Right, I think that would be ideal for all of us. Uh, I was just talking about to Max Stone about like how so he grew up in Germany and German Germany has like like hundreds of years long history of a bunch of shit and all that shit is like in books or whatever and they have mm-hmm. museums and they have castles they could go to and say that's a German that's that place represents Germany even if you're at a small facet mm-hmm. but he made the point that because we are so newly independent mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have a long history to as a backdrop to say oh this is what a Bahamian means or this is what it means we got Junkanoo but it's not it's not. I don't personally think Junkanoo is enough to say this is our whole identity. Yeah, so and and there's a a beauty in the process of discovering it. Even so, mm-hmm. yeah, you go look at some things and say, "Oh, this Bahamian," and people could be like, "No," mm-hmm. and then you'd be like, "Well, why?" And it could be a discussion, and you could figure it out. Mm-hmm. All that is part of the process. I'm, nobody starts off absolutely knowing. So even if like like niggas say we young, so we figuring it out. Mm-hmm. We finding some things. You and, and culture is fluid. Right. So it ain't like you can't pick up what you want and say, Well, we like this. Yeah. And you do that for 20, 40 years. That's yeah. part of your culture then. Because right, right, you right. like it. Right. And then you might like disregard things that you don't like and shape your culture the way you want it to be. Um our ge- geography is is putting us in a unique position, like I say, kinda very close to the U.S. and in between other Caribbean spaces, so we 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 able to ebb and flow between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all a process. We'll we'll figure it out. But we are young, so yeah, yeah. It's strange. Like, what's the timeline? Like, yeah. are we gonna wait for our children's children to like say like, 
Oh yeah, they 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 started things. They built up the framework, but it was more what all the art that came out of the framework that that defines a Bahamian identity. Right. Yeah. So you correct me if I'm wrong, but at one point you didn't like rake and scrape as much. Sure. Yeah, I can, I can agree to that. So, like, what changed? Like, what perspectives changed for you? Um, just proper research. Hmm. Like, you, you you often speaking from the current perspective that we have, and as mm-hmm. far as I was exposed to, um, Reagan scrape that was playing on the radio, or or what what people claim is you know just that that Reagan scrape mm-hmm. was kind of corny. Yeah. Um. So whatever was on rotation, um, and whatever. People and often enough pointed to us, yeah, that's that's that. It was like, eh. yeah, it was a poor representation of what Reagan. In my was. opinion, oh. but then when I got the time as a part of you know, I guess being a producer, you got to do your due diligence. Any field you you and you want to do your due diligence, um, and for me, that's saying, all right, so what's this Reagan shape thing about, or mm-hmm. what's this calypso or or Goombe or Junkin or whatever? It's all about, and I uh, not to say I know. The, the whole bit of it, mm-hmm. um, but not even just Rake and Strape, just what is, what have Bahamian musicians before me done? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got into like a deep immersion and kind of listened to some things. I was like, mm, this, this, this the good stuff. Yes. Uh, Why this got, this, this got really good parts and. Yeah, the stuff that's still on the radio is still kind of corny, you know. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you said you did research. Was it hard to find that, like, resource and information? I want to say our documentation or publishing of Bahamian music mm-hmm. is poor. Yeah. Right? Example would be uh, you could go all artists that existed in the 70s, their music on major streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. Like 70s, 60s, 50s, whatever. You, yeah. could, you could find so many published recordings from artists from around the world yeah now of course you shift that to locally uh so tony mckay uh exuma is one of my favorite artists yeah 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 like all time just just straight up right um and i think the only thing that might be on streaming is exuma (laughs) i I saw it the other day on spotify i think Yeah, yeah i think that's the only album that might be on streaming why um of course like the the music business specifics would be whoever owns the um, publishing and blah 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 uh-huh. hasn't decided to upload or or you know um, exploit the rights to mm-hmm. his stuff in that way. Mm-hmm. But that's what I mean in terms of like modern um, representation of what would be older music is right. not present. So yeah, you could find some Ronnie Butler stuff. I'm sure Ronnie Butler has way more recordings that exist. Yeah, that are on major streaming platforms right now. Mm-hmm. So how else does someone in my generation or generations after me find old music from you know Bahamians? Yeah. You gotta go talk to old niggas or something, or and or, go try to convince them to let me see the album so I could modernize it, right? Uh, or go and find a vinyl somewhere, mm-hmm. which which might be a, you know an exciting process to do. Yeah, yeah, it's more on the individual level, but for yeah, like, for a bunch of people to access that information is hard which is crazy to think about because i know for a fact exuma people internationally fucks with yeah exuma. yeah yeah like and this shit hype like, yeah strange and dark exactly experimental <laughs> exactly Bahamian sound and 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 that's that's why i say like it even ain't just on a rake and straight level because what he was doing was just so dynamic it's mm-hmm. in, in sonics so for him i mean for me he's definitely like Top tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a trailblazer. Uh, so what I'm thinking right now would be cool is to like go on a crusade to collect as much Bahamian vinyls as possible and use, I don't know sure exactly what the technology is, but transpose those vinyls into like a wave format to, like digital and stuff, yeah. to upload. Yeah, I mean, that would be a vibe. Like I know... I know Fred Ferguson has some Ronnie Butler stuff that other people don't have. Um, you know, I don't know if he has the rights to, like, if he owns them mm-hmm. or if he just has recording sessions. Mm-hmm. But I know he has some multi tracks of some Ronnie Butler stuff, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one. Of, he's another one of those people that would be like, 
he participated in that era of of prime Bahamian music. Right. So uh, I want to say even speaking with pioneers like him and, you know, you have people like uh, Pat Carey and like people that was part of the original Bahaman and so yeah. on and so forth yeah. that probably was in the similar circles. They, mm-hmm. they'll probably be able to point you in the directions of, oh, okay, so you want to look for this album or this vinyl or, or will I actually have it? Mm-hmm. And then maybe, like I say, you might get a vinyl player and just rip it so you can have it in digital format to, exactly. to have. Yeah. And for future generations to play with up music producers or, or rappers and singers who would want to sample like those old sounds. Right. And have some like chemicals to work with inside the lab. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To, I think like, tell me about this. I heard that one of the major obstacles for Bahamian music to really take off is that we don't necessarily respect IP or copyright laws. Like, is that accurate or no? Hmm. Uh, Bahamians don't respect copyright. Yes. <laughs> now, is that the problem in terms of Bahamian music flourishing? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, respect of copyright is is not linked to music flourishing. Because mm-hmm. all that means is Niggas don't care. They will steal your stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They will use it. Yeah. That don't mean they go blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, but also respecting it don't mean your music gonna blow up. Right. Like getting the rights to do something doesn't mean it's going to be a popular song. Right. So I'd say that's incorrect. But you know, generally we have a almost like pirate like culture. Uh, we grew up on LimeWire and yeah, shit yeah. and things. And so. We ain't trying to pay for nothing Get if we don't the have to. And uh, so we that. will definitely sample your stuff or put your lyrics in the song and mm-hmm. think that that's okay. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely wrong. Pirate culture. <laughs> to be clear, right. it is wrong. Yeah, but um, that's not that's not stopping us from blowing up mm-hmm. because if the song blows up, really that's good for everybody involved, from the mm-hmm. person stolen from you, even because mm-hmm. then I could come back and say, hey. Yeah, you're making money. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're we'll drop that law sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's solid. Uh, so going back to your like whole discography, I know your first album was 21st Century Slavery. Damn, why do you know that? How do I know that? I hate that. I found it. Yes, <laughs> and sir, sir Sherwood, you claim in the court that you have expunged the internet. Of 21st century slavery. Uh, But I stand in opposition to that (laughs) statement, sir. I have found the source. (laughs) For a first album, it's it's very, it's still like, I see what you're going for. And sonically, all of the parts were in there. But I felt like there was a guy who had a message to say, but you wasn't necessarily like super trained in how you could do that the most effectively. Yeah. So, like, what, <laughs> what since then about your philosophy has changed um, m- musically? Brr. If I remember correctly, so what, what I was going through in that time was more so, like, a lot of feeling stuck. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I was working at the gas station. Um, my old mom was pissing me off. Yeah. Things like that. Uh, very much feeling like I can't do any of the things that I think I should be able to do or, or want to do. Right. And it very much felt like a trap. Like, so all these doors are closed or there's so many barricades. Um, so how do I either, like, get past them or, like, like find a different direction? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember, like, song titles and stuff off it. But I know that's that's the kind of space I was in. I, I just didn't feel very capable in life. Hmm. So from then, it kind of led me to a space where it's like, well, how do I figure out navigating life? Right. You know? Uh, where where do we find power? Where do we find capability within self? Uh, and then... From there, I, I I made an album that I never put out, and that might just be lost. I think I called it From Life. <clears throat> and that's when I first kind of stumbled on things like Law of Attraction, blah, blah, blah. 
So I I usually make music mm-hmm. to write out, map out my thoughts, right. like to to help me understand what I'm thinking. Right. And so it was like 21st century slavery, feeling stuck from life was like the idea that life is giving you hints and pointing you in 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 ways mm-hmm. that kind of in alignment with what it is you say you want. Right. And if you pay attention, if you if you pay attention enough, like you'll understand what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I never came out. That's okay. It wasn't supposed to come out. It was for me. All your ideas, you got to act, like articulate them through right. writing. Um, and so I want to say from then, from 21st century slavery um, era to now, is a constant learning more about navigating life. Mm-hmm. Um, because life is a pretty unique kind of experience where yeah. it's like you know there's things that you want there's things that you don't want there's things that you love things that you hate yeah things that you become attached to so on and so forth and really all of it is kind of figuring out what does this life thing mean to you right and how do you want it to be for you mm-hmm. so like I say from then to now uh philosophy hasn't Changed so much, but more so been refined and and I I think I'm learning more and more every every project every day whatever yeah. I be reading and shit yeah of course <laughs> so you gotta you gotta stay abreast so you, like your tools could be like as sharp as possible mm-hmm. but I 100% relate to you talking about feeling stuck and and finding out and coming across tools that you could actually utilize and then move forward. Right. Because and prior to then, I always felt, I felt like life was just the bad parts. And it was just like, I'm surrounded by school that I hate. I hate the teachers. I hate everybody who I associate with, not associated because I enjoy them, but because they was around and we just was together. So I guess we cool. And regardless of however you treat me, it's like, whatever you just, that's still my boy or whatever. Yeah. But it was a rewarding experience coming across those tools because I got to see the other side of the coin, so to speak. Right. And I got to experience and appreciate what's positive, what's to look forward to mm-hmm. about moving forward. Right. So what would you say the tools were that you found? Like, uh, It started with being, honestly, being in church. I'm not necessarily like a Christian now, but that was the first time I ever met somebody who was who felt look f- like looking forward to seeing me and looked at me like they enjoyed being around me. Okay. And there may have been a reflection on my my framework as a person that I came into the world with that got that result. And of course that's there's an element to that, but it felt like in spite of that, that person saw me and was like, Kadish is an okay dude. I mm-hmm. can hang out with Kadish and we could be cool. And I look forward to being with that kind of person. Because it was so phenomenal to me running into them yeah. and i feel lucky to this day that i even had the opportunity to see like it could be better because mm-hmm. it could have been a whole lot worse <laughs> you know um but yeah in terms of tools i'd say books read a lot of books at the start like good dad poor dad which isn't financially a good educational book but it get, just gives you another perspective that shines a light on what could be possible for you and what you could see and right. I feel like right now, my ability to see see a potential possible positive future is at a razor sharp degree. I think because nice. that's the only way to move forward. Right. Yeah. Um, nice. But what about you? Like, what tools you feel like you've been utilizing? Um, I'm. I'd say I'm. I'm super logical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe to a fault sometimes. But, you know, you got to use your strengths to, to figure things out. Right. So for me, I like systems. Um, I like maps. I like steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like things to be too abstract. I could appreciate abstract, but I, I need things to be like almost like a, um, a recipe sometimes. Right, right, right. So when I came across like ideas 
like law of attraction and blah blah blah. Um, it just led to another thing and another thing and another thing, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. um, so, one of the things that I learned early on, or or came across early on, is like so. You have these universal laws, mm -hmm. right? That they ain't, ain't no really such thing as framing in a good or bad kind of way. It's just more mm -hmm. so like gravity. Right. Gravity don't care if you're a good person or a bad person. Yeah. You know, you throw something up, it come back you down. You can come right back down, yeah. So um, just the, the idea that there are some things that are specifically almost like from a natural law standpoint governing aspects of life. Yes, man. Um, it's like, okay, so what's up with that? And mm -hmm. like what these things might be saying. Um, and then me being able to see as I observe them more, like how it's happening around me. Yeah. Cause like you say, somebody they were like, oh, so gravity is like when you throw something up, it come back down. So then you try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you see something fall and be like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Um, I remember when I used to watch a lot of hard knock TV interviews. So I think I came across interviews like Absol and um, Hit Boy that was talking about shit like The Secret and the Law of Attraction, mm -hmm. um, which is very, uh, I want to say, surface level stuff mm. uh when you go deeper you find out like there are some fundamental uh ideas and principles that these things are talking about like we are here thinking like having thoughts that are very much creating the the world that we experience right um you know some things that we don't want to have to accept would be like so I'm responsible for the position that I'm in. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so on and so forth. Because, you know, it's, it's definitely a bit wild to say that, oh, well, you know, I get knocked down. How mm -hmm. am I responsible for that? Yeah. And it's like, is, is, a, is a domino effect, a domino of cause and effect right, that right. all lead to the moment of right here, right now, mm -hmm. of which you have so much control over. Yeah. Um, so that kind of... Those kind of ideas, these principles that, that kind of continue to guide me mm -hmm. uh, today. And I think I'm enjoying life more and more as I look into it. It's pretty fantastic, man. Yeah. I, I, I want to say something. I want to see how this reflects on your personal story. So it seems like, like how you say, I totally believe that there are rules that governs the universe bigger than ourselves. And it seems like at the start, you, if you don't, the rules don't care if you know about the rules or whatever. Right. But when you're born, you in the game. <laughs> and that's it. Ain't no take backs. Yeah. So you, regardless if you don't know the rules, you still get punished by them if you don't know them and you don't understand them. And it seems like that's the situation I've, I was in because I didn't necessarily have like a framework to say, these are the principles of how everything is structured. If you do this, this is how that's going to turn out. Right. And it's not because of an intentional design, but that's just the only way humans after thousands and thousands of years, those are the principles we etch out through all the bloodshed and all the misery that we had over such mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. How does that relate to, how do you feel about like the, the, the suffering because of ignorance? Um, yeah. <sighs> And in one way, I think it's like, you could call it suffering. Often it's like a physical suffering, right? Yeah. Um, and it's mental suffering too. Um, but it is in no way for me at this point, whereas like malice about it. It ain't like, damn, I owe you suffering. Somebody must hate Life me. Life is out to get me. <laughs> <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... Like they say, if you if you start to shift your mind from somebody is doing something to you and that's why you're experiencing what you're experiencing to, well, what's going on with me? What am I doing? What am I thinking? How am I feeling? Right. What am I saying? So on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, that might play a role in all this. Then, then it becomes like, 
why am I causing myself to suffer? It's more. It's actually more positive because then you could change it. Right. Yeah. Like, why am I prolonging my suffering mm-hmm. by being ignorant? Exactly. Because um, at, at a point, you have to then say, well, what's up with me? Um, and then it could get so deep where it'd be like, so... They say if you don't learn, it, it, when you don't when you can, when you don't listen, you can feel, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Um, and oftentimes we gotta feel mm-hmm. to experience is like the highest truth is often said. You like, can't value the lesson if you never like shed blood. Right. To People learn. could tell you something all day, but until you solve it for yourself or mm-hmm. feel it for yourself, like you could only imagine. What it's like? It's like somebody saying, "Oh, sex is hype." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sex yeah. hype, but yeah. and then you'd be like, "Yeah, sex yeah. hype," but yeah, you never but, had yeah, sex. Big <laughs> <Take> version. <laughs> exactly. But at any time you had sex, you'd be like, "Wow, yes, <laughs> this is amazing." I've been doing this years ago. Oh wow, this is shit. <laughs> Depends, huh. you know. Some people love bad first experience, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is what a vagina is like. <laughs> Not too shabby. <laughs> um, but at any time you like feel that you figure out. Um, yeah, niggas was telling me about this. Oh, it ain't like they say, or it's exactly like what they say. Mm. Um, so the whole suffering because you don't know no better is a part of the process. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say anybody out to get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, almost like with children, like imagine you have a child and you you could say all you want to the child, don't do this and don't do that. But don't at a point in time, you're gonna have to. Let go of that um, protection that you have, mm. and allow that child to experience, so that they can then, on their own, do the things that they feel are necessary for them. Yeah. So they might suffer because you, you could tell them safe, and and don't you know have sex with all these random yeah, girls because yeah. they dirty and things. Like that. Dealing with a bunch of dirty bunkies. right, dirty monkeys and thing, and and then they be like, no way, no way. She say she's straight. <laughs> yeah, baby. She and then when she, you go there and you do your do and then whatever. Yeah. She said she was on the pill. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I th- yeah. It's definitely about changing like your, what they call an external locus of control to where you feel like outside forces is uh, influencing your life into an internal focus of control where you, th- you say like, what do what could I change to make a difference for me and get the results I want to get? Right. But like, what do you say to somebody who is they're sort of disenfranchised with the idea of steps being in place or the idea of there being these immutable laws about the universe? And it's like, well, it's a shitty deal because I don't get a choice. I have to do all this crap and I have to suffer so much to even get a little bit of pleasure out of life. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what would you say to that person? Um, I would say when you start to ask the right questions, you start to get the right answers. Mm-hmm. And it's only then, only when you ask asking, well, not even the right questions. The questions you ask, you get the answer for those. Mm-hmm. So if you don't ask the questions that that count, yeah, then you don't get the answers that count. Um, so it's like, I think it 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 moves from being, well, life is shitty. Why? Maybe that's a good start. Mm-hmm. That's a good that's a good start. Yeah, question. You're starting to question you know, things. You know, questioning generally, yeah, is is what it's all about because what. Bible say asking it shall be given unto you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm big on on Christianity and them, yeah, but yeah. that's facts. Yeah, that's kind of true. Like, like it don't matter where you from. Like when you got questions, it's that's the same thing as saying when the student is ready to master will appeal, mm-hmm. right? Because when you have the questions, mm-hmm. now there must be an answer for it. You can't have the question without an answer existing. Right. Um. So to someone that that feels like they get in the bad end of the stick. That's just that's your opportunity right. to begin to to question things in a direction that might change. That's the first stop. Yeah. So you talk about like uh, I know you're not traditionally a religious person. So where do you say you lie spiritually? I would say I I uh, 
I lie on the side of the, the nigga with questions, the student side. Mm. So it don't matter to me where, which part of the world it come from. It don't matter to me who said it. Mm-hmm. Um, what matters is what was said and how it was said. Uh, and then kind of like looking into what it might really mean. Mm. So a lot of things that have been said or have been written. Right. On surface level, they look like they mean pretty good. <laughs> they, they, they look like they mean one thing, but yeah. they mean a lot more. Yeah, and you might have to put a pin in that and come back two, and three years check. later, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then come back and be like, "Oh, this this look different yeah, now. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this scripture or this whatever yeah. what this guy was saying looks a little different now with this experience that I've had." Mm. So I'd say I'm just generally a person that is interested in knowledge like um being aware that i ain't know nowhere near mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. right uh a lot of people uh are very complacent with what they know or mm. what they understand yeah yeah and it ain't like i i saying i don't understand shit so i ain't shit mm-hmm. it's more so like life is cool right um but there's so much to learn yeah. It's interesting that there's just so much things out there that I could become more aware of, whether that's about my body, about my mind, about the thing they call soul. Like, what, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like what is any of any of this? So I'm just the person that's like, oh, okay, that's cool. What you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try to learn more. Yeah, like, say, tell me more. Because there is so much that could be possible, Yeah, um, especially when you're consuming like a steady stream of information. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your mind is just fire off in different avenues, mm-hmm. more specifically related to like, as if you were doing music, maybe you see an art piece that you, if you scan through like Wikipedia's art pieces and then you see something and that inspires some kind of feeling inside of you, it was like, oh yeah, I could do that. Um, I could create a new track that's based on this idea that this other artist was trying to get across. Right. So, yeah. Um, in terms of teachers, like who you mainly like going back to nowadays or learning from or, or like experiencing? What kind of teachers? Adrian? Teachers, teachers who in general, like people in art maybe or people who talk more on the philo- philosophical side about life, so to speak. Okay. Um, as far as, you know, general philosophy, spirituality, whatever, mm. I, I fucks with side guru a lot. Mm. Um, he's an Indian, like, yogi mystic brethren. Pretty, he got some pretty hype stuff. I actually just subscribed to his exclusive content. Oh, solid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he be saying some things, hmm. and it's like, this guy, yeah. he knows way more than he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> way more. Share your secrets, wizard. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, like, and he's a, that's the first name that comes to mind, mm-hmm. uh, and that's also just funneling into a lot of like other references, books and stuff. So um I recently been reading things like the Bhagavad Gita and the Dhammapada. Say that um, again. The Bhagavad Gita mm-hmm. and the Dhammapada. Um translations by Iknath Iswaran, I think, yeah. is, is the is the particular um guy that did the translation for the ones that I've been reading. Right. Um so I'm saying that to say, so you start to to look at niggas like maybe Side Guru or um, Chopra and mm-hmm. and so on and like these niggas is just teachers. Yeah. Like uh, I don't feel like like there's a vast while well, there is a vast separation between the average person and them or me and them. Like mm-hmm. also they're human and they're teachers. Like they have. They're teachers and they're also students because they're still learning too. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just might know more than you, but that's also pointing you in direct, pointing me in directions where it's like, oh, so in in the Gita they're saying this. It's like, oh, so what's that? What's the Gita? Mm. And then then they're talking about like Krishna. Yeah, it's or, like a spider web, right? Yeah. Or in the Dhammapada they're saying this. So what's what's the Dhammapada? Or in the Bible they're saying this. So what's the Bible? And you know who's Jesus? What does he want? And yeah. Why? Yes, who are you? Um, yeah. Like, I recently bought... Who the hell is this? It's my mommy. Who the hell? I could just... Yeah. I could just wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I recently bought the 
Hatha Yoga Prakriti, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like supposed to be, if I understand it correctly, like a cornerstone in yoga, yoga philosophy. Because I just want to understand more about it. Right. Um, I forget who they say wrote it. Mm-hmm. But by consuming that, I would, I guess, be student of the, the guy who wrote that and yeah, yeah. so on and so forth. So I, I just be listening to niggas saying cool shit and sometimes they be recommending books and I'd be like, all right, let me put that Go in my cart. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, is there anybody else? Hmm, yeah, but that's pretty cool. I know in uh, like a lot of your songs always trying to, like how you say, you try to articulate through writing. So you're articulating your concepts of what love and a relationship is supposed to be. So for you, what does it mean to like love somebody? For me, the highest sense of love would would be the fabled, unconditional love, right? Mm. And I say fabled because people don't think it's a real thing. Right. Um, like, and it's... Whatever people say, whatever we say, are reflections of what we feel inside, right? So anybody that feel like unconditional love ain't real, all I'm saying is they don't believe that they could do it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's just fair. Everybody got it you know, place and time for yeah. how they going to be. Yeah. Um, but it's like past romantic love where I see you, you look good, you smell good, and I want to feel you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to make sure... It's like you, arrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure you, like, share the same bed as me and yeah. I want to know where you're going when you leave the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're talking to like, you get text, my, text messages. Past that, it's like <clears throat> personal respect for your individuality mm. and appreciation for you taking the time to be present with me whenever you are present and a recognition that um, you are yours, like you are complete. Mm-hmm. You came complete, you're going to leave complete. Hopefully together we've enhanced one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, what you decide to be, how you decide to be, is more so like, okay, if you feel like that's going to contribute towards you leveling up, you growing, um, mm. you becoming more loving, more abundant, more joyful, etc., mm. I encourage that. Right. So that's the highest sense of love to me. Mm. Um, and I, I definitely say that with respect to what I think I'd like to receive from somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, people, like I say, people focus a lot on the, well, I find you attractive, and so we'll do things that make our bodies feel good, um, and then we get stuck in that particular loop, and anything outside of that is just... There's no fuel to it, really. Yeah. It's just chasing a nut, basically. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a Western like concept of... <laughs> a union between two people being two halves coming together. So based on what you just said, it's more two individuals trying to intertwine with one another and see how they can join themselves on layer by layer. That would be like... It's not even really trying to join themselves. It's more so like... So I see you, uh, and from what I see, you know, you look good. Of course, Mm -hmm. it's going to start physical. Um... We speak, we get to know one another, and then it becomes mental, right? It's because we're uh, we're in alignment in terms of being in similar spaces where we could kind of come and speak and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. that we can walk together. It's like saying, use a terrorist, right? Yeah. Um, Sound like it would cater to my first name, but go ahead. <laughs> use a terrorist, yeah. and, and I, I was like, not a terrorist. As, okay. a, as a peace lover. Okay. We ain't, we ain't going nowhere. No, no, no. Alignment is going to cause us to go somewhere. And I, I can't see you like you and think that we going somewhere. It's not going to yeah. work. But if me and you have like things that overlap, we already kind of intertwined by that. Right. So it ain't like we trying to make a connection happen. A connection is happening because we are sharing similarities. Right. But in understanding that we're sharing similarities, uh, understanding that we're interested in each other, it's like making sure that you are contributing towards somebody's growth and vice versa, mm-hmm. but also not becoming so attached to the idea that um, 
that you dissolve yourself into another person, unforgettable mm. who you are individually, unforgettable who they are, right. and lose respect and appreciation for their individual wants, desires, personal growth, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're in a union like that, how do you how do you broach a situation where your individualism is you feel like it's being disrespected or being put on the back burner, so to speak. What's the conversation like in a situation like that? Uh, if I feel like I'm not being respected or not being considered, the most best I think I could do is, is say that and try to articulate that in a way that doesn't feel like me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning more and more, more and more that communication is about, or, or real good communication is about making people understand um, without feeling attacked, right? Because mm-hmm. if I say, you don't respect me. Yeah. Um, you never do what I want. Uh, you never listen to me. You already feel like, what's with all the jobs, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but if I say, uh, I understand that your intentions with things like this may come from a point of, you know, excitement or mm-hmm. you're so excited about this and you want to do this and that. But yeah. sometimes they don't make me feel considered. Right, right. Then it might be a different conversation, like how, right. uh, how you approach it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it, would, it would really come down to just trying to appeal to, well, how would you want to be treated, right. right? And making sure that we could show the person that we're talking to that um, maybe... They ain't acting the way that we want. Not not the way that we want, like the way that they'd want to be treated. Okay. That's always not a good place to be in. Yeah. It seems like the latter point you made about the the way the person says, You're not this and I need you to be this is a very like finalistic, yeah, yeah, finite yeah. way to approach something that should be more precise, like take a scalpel to it. When you sometimes when you're out with your friends and all y'all ordering drinks, and you have a little too much to drink. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way you feel you have the liberty to just disrespect me. And I understand you love me, and they know you love me, but it just puts me in a bad position because mm-hmm. I, well, first of all, I ain't drinking. It sounds really specific. <laughs> this never happened, to be clear. But you put me in a bad position where I'm not, you make it awkward for me because I feel uncomfortable being disrespected openly in front of your friends. And if we hope and have like a long-term relationship, I'll see that could be possible if their friends see you disrespecting me mm. and then they could come around me disrespecting me. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sherwood, it's been a solid conversation, my guy. Yeah, man. Hey, you got to come on the, co- on the podcast again, dog. Just let me know, man. Yes, babe. Yeah. Yeah, never have I ever podcast. <laughs>